Neighbors say, stay in the boat. Amen. I want to read a, a, lengthy, a lengthy scripture, but I want to give you a little background, a little, little history here of the Apostle Paul. And, uh, but it's going to be a little lengthy scripture, but, but I think it will help us to understand what we're talking about, what we're dealing with this morning. Look with me in, in, in Acts 27. Look with me at verse number 9. Verse number 9. Let me go ahead and say this right before we read the scripture. I know some of you here, I've, I've talked to you, I know my brother-in-law has, and I know Kyle has, I don't know if anybody else. How many has ever went deep sea fishing before? You enjoy deep sea fishing. How many has ever got out into the, into the sea out there, away from the shore several miles and got sick? Have you ever done that before? <laughs> I read a story the other day when I was preparing this message about this, uh, about this guy and his friends and uh, they, had, they had said they was going to meet at 4 o'clock one morning and going to go eat breakfast right before they went deep sea fishing. And so they, they, get, they did. They met at 4 o'clock at this local Mexican restaurant that served breakfast. Now, that in itself, I don't know. Something was just not right with that, just, just the name of that. Go eat breakfast at a Mexican restaurant. So they started ordering. They ordered breakfast, steak, sausage, refried beans, tortillas, egg, omelets, all those kind of things. And this guy in this story, he said, I thought to myself, these people are crazy. He said, in just a few hours, he said, he said I, I, I expect we're going to see this entire Mexican breakfast on the deck of this ship. And he said, sure enough, when we got out there on the sea, he said, people started getting sick. He said, I even started getting sick, started to do all kinds of things that I won't gross you out this morning. He said there was only one restroom on board, and you can imagine what, all, what the boat looked like after everything had taken place. And so we want to talk to you about staying in the boat. Stay in the boat. Look with me in Acts chapter 27, verse 9. The Bible says, Now when much time had been spent in sailing, was now dangerous because the fast was already over, Paul advised them. And he said, men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. Because the harbor was not suitable to winter in, the majority advised to set sail from there also, if by any means they could reach Phoenix, the harbor of Crete, opening toward the southwest and northwest and winter there. When the south wind blew softly, supposing they had obtained their desire, they put out to sea and they sailed close by creek. Now, I don't have time to comment on every one of these scriptures, but when you look at that scripture right there, it's sort of just like the enemy when he does when he, how he treats us, is it? You know what I'm talking about. Temptation comes. It's, it's not necessarily a real bad thing. When the wind blew softly, just a real soft, gentle breeze, that's the way the enemy comes into our lives many times, and he, he hooks us. And then everything begins to go south. But not long after, a temptuous headwind called Eurocliden come up. When the ship was caught and could not head into the wind, we let her drive. In other words, we let her go. And running under the shelter of an island called Claudia, we secured the skiff with difficulty. When they had taken it on board, they used cables to undergird the ship, and fearing lest they should run aground onto Sirtis sands, they struck sail, and so were driven. Because we were exceedingly tempted taught the next day, they lightened the ship. The third day, we threw the ship's tackle overboard with our own hands. 
Now when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest beat upon us, all hope that we would be saved was finally given up. But after long absence from food, Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. Now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of the Lord, of whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe God, will be, will, I believe God that it will be just as he told me. However, we must run aground on a certain island. Verse 27 says, Now when the 14th night had come, they, as they were driven up and down the Adriatic Sea, about midnight they, the sailors sensed that they were drawing near some land. They took some soundings and found it to be 20 fathoms. And when they had gone a little farther, they took soundings again and found it to be 15 fathoms. Then fearing lest we should run aground on the rocks, they dropped four anchors of the, from the stern and prayed for day to come. As the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship, when they had let down the skiff into the sea, they, under pretense of putting out anchors from the prow, Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, Unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the skiff and let it fall off. As day was about to dawn, Paul implored them to all take food, saying, Today is the fourteenth day you have waited and continued without food and eaten nothing. Therefore... I urge you to take nourishment, for this is your survival, since not a hair will fall from the head of any of you. And when he had said these things, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. Then they were all encouraged and also took food themselves. And in all, we were 276 persons on the ship. And when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship and threw out the wheat into the sea. Stay in the ship. Stay in the boat. I thought about this scripture and thought about this little story of the Apostle Paul. And I also thought about earlier on in scriptures and other scriptures about there were some people in the Bible when you look at it that did jump ship. When you look at it that way. You can look at the prodigal son and I don't have time to go back to the story. You understand this young man, he, he jumped ship. He bailed ship. You can look at John Mark at one time in his life. He, he jumped ship as well. You can look at Lot's wife. And you can look at Peter. And on and on we could go of people in the scriptures that in reality jumped ship. Now, many of them came back. Many of them were saved. But they jumped ship according to the, to the scripture and what things that went on. I want to talk to you about two or three things this morning. And, and this is not nothing new to you. But I want to, I want to draw you in on some scripture here. Key scriptures of this, of this chapter. Many of us know that storms will come. Storms will come. Being a child of God does not exempt us from trouble. Being a child of God does not exempt us from storms. They will show up in our lives. But there's two kinds of storms I want you to, uh, to notice this morning. There's storms of perfection, and then there's storms of correction. 
When you look in the scripture and you find old brother Jonah, you'll understand that Jonah's storm was a storm of correction because Jonah had a bad attitude. He didn't want to go to Nineveh. He didn't want to save that city. God told him, this is what I want you to do, but, but I, I don't want to go, Lord. I, he had a bad attitude, and so God had to give him a, a storm of correction. Job's storm was a storm of perfection. Job had a, had a problem with self-righteousness, and, and God finally told him and, and talked to him when Job was talking to him, and God said this. He said, where were you when I placed the moon and the sun and the stars in the galaxy where were you it's a storm of perfection God had to perfect his thinking had to he had to come and and let him know a few things (coughs) trials will come but when they come they come to make us strong trials come to increase our faith trials come to build our character trials will build a relationship with God trials that'll cause us to hate sin more and more because we see and we notice what sin can do in our lives and how far sin can take us. People look for reasons to jump ship, ways to eliminate accountability, if you will. The minute trouble comes, many times or things doesn't go our way. We want to we want to pick up our marbles, so to speak, and we want to go to the house. The reason that there's so many divorces today is that people want to leave a marriage at the first sign of trouble instead of working things out. We are living in this culture today. If we are in a leadership role in church, the, the first time that we run into opposition. We're ready to give up. The conditions of life even sometimes become so overwhelming and it seems more many times than we can really endure or more than really what we can take. Have you ever had to wait on a train before? You sit there and you rate it on a train and you see the you've seen the the, the, the boxcar, the first, the motor, the engine, all that you come. And, but but the, really when you sit there waiting on that train, all you were waiting for is what? The caboose. That was it. Because you knew when the caboose came, the train was going to be gone. You were in a hurry, all those kind of things. All you could see was one caboose at a time. You could not see the engine. You could not see all the other cars. You could only see the caboose. And when God, I want you to tell you, when God's in control of our life, God can see the engine. He can see the caboose as well. He knows what the end will be. We can only deal with the now. And sometimes we just cannot handle that. And this story here gives us a picture about the Apostle Paul that he was aboard this ship that was sailing west with other prisoners and other people on the ship. There were a total, the Bible says, of 276 men and souls on this ship. Normally, if you you go back and do a study from September through November, all the sailing was discontinued during that region because the danger that was involved in these waters. I mean, you're talking about these guys were, were nautical guys. These guys were men that was experienced with the sea. These were guys that could look at the sky. They could look at the stars. They could look at the waters and all of this. They could look at the weather and determine whether or not they needed to set sail or not. And Paul said, guys, I perceive in my heart that danger is ahead of us. Not only to the ship, not only to the cargo, but also to our lives as well. And Paul told them this. This is going to end with disaster. This is going to end with much loss. Not only, as I said, with the ship, but also with our lives as well. Remember, Paul, this guy, he'd already been shipwrecked three times. He understood a little bit about ship, uh, the ship and the storms and all those at the same time. Don't ignore. We, this is what I want you to understand. We don't need to ignore the warning signs from God when he begins to speak. When God speaks into your heart, do not ignore the warning signs. 
Amen. Don't ignore them. Matter of fact, Paul gives us in Hebrews chapter 13 an exhortation about some things. In verse 1, he says, keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. In verse 2, he says, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. In verse 3, he says, continue to remember those in prison. I mean, he's instructing us. He's exhorting us. In verse 4, he told us that marriage was honorable. In verse 5, he says, be content with those or with what you have. In verse 7, he says, remember those who rule over you. In verse 8, he said, hey, I want you to remember that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In verse 9, he reminded us, do not be carried away with strange doctrines. In verse 15, he said, hey, I want you to, I want to, I want to let you know something. Let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise. In verse 16, he says, don't forget to do good to those others that you hang around. In verse 17, he says, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch out for your soul. And over and over, the apostle Paul is exhorting us and reminding us. And he done the same thing to these guys in this chapter. Yet they still set sail. They still set sail. Verse 13 says that, that the south wind blew softly. It blew gentle. And supposing that they obtained their desires. In other words, they thought that everything's going to be all right. And they begin to set sail. They put out to sea. And the Bible said that once they got out to sea, one of the most vicious storms ever recorded is about to take place. I mean, even in verse 2, it didn't even give this storm a name. It said this wind came up, this, this cyclonic wind, this, this hurricane-like force that was called Eurocloton. It came forth, Eurocloton, it came forth, and it began to blow. And the ship was blown far out to sea, completely out of control, the Bible said. Verse 15 said, once the ship was caught and it could not head into the wind, it said, we let her drive. We let it go. Now, let me stop here long enough to let you know this, that when the enemy comes in, he may make it look real good. He may, he may, he may make it look real enticing. He may, he may make you feel like everything is going to be okay. This is, this is not too bad. But let me tell you something. You've heard me say this many times before. When sin gets a hold of you, Sometimes it'll take you farther than you want it to go. Hello. It'll take you out there where you don't want to go. And, and it gets a hold of you. Matter of fact, I talked to someone a few months ago and said, Pastor, I want to give my heart to the Lord, but this thing has got a grip on me. I cannot cut it loose. I cannot get rid of it. It's got a hold on me and it's driving me. Paul said when the, when the ship got out there, that wind came and that, it was a vicious wind. They just turned it loose. They turned everything loose and let it begin to drive. I'll tell you something, just when you think, just when you think that you've got everything in control, God better step into your life before you really hurt yourself, right? Amen. When the Titanic was built, there was one man who had the hand in building this great ship, a fool who stood on the wall. He looked up toward heaven and he said this, this ship, even God cannot sink this ship. Now, I don't have to give you a history lesson there. We know what happened with the Titanic. Storms will come, but this is what I want you to know. There's safety in the ship. Amen. There's safety in the ship. Sometimes we carry too much baggage with us. Now, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to get in trouble this morning, but a lot of times you husbands and wives, when you, go to, when you go on a trip and you start packing, how many husbands has ever talked to your wife and said you're taking too much stuff? Let me see your hand. I do it all the time. Karen knows I do it all the time. I stand in there and said, Karen, we're just staying two days. We've got four suitcases. It's just two days. 
Two days. I, go to, I went to Honduras with one suitcase, a little suitcase. We're just going two days. Four suitcases. I can't even carry four suitcases. You know what I'm talking about. Sometimes we carry too much baggage. And after 14 days of being in this storm, they didn't know what was going on. They couldn't see anything. Luke tells us in verse 20 that suddenly, I mean, Acts tells us, he said, the fearless apostle of God appears. This God shows up. It's amazing the things that we can do when God shows up. Amen. It's amazing the things when God shows up. There's safety in the ship when God and the man of God is on board. we got to listen to the man of God. Even though the building, this sanctuary is sacred, we come and we enjoy the presence of God. We set aside this place where God has promised to meet with us. Storms, though, still will come in our life. Amen. They still will come. That's why it's important to have a shepherd who will care for you. That's why it's important to have a mom and dad who will care for you. That's why it's important to have those that's over you in the Lord. The pastor's row, your mom and dad, all those, those are vital rows to being on board of the vessel. No, they're not better than anybody else, but God uses his anointed man or woman to take the ship safely to shore. Amen. Satan can bring about confusion in the church. Satan can bring about havoc in your life. Satan can cause folk to lie and to backbite. Satan can cause people from tithing and supporting the church. Satan can try to run the pastor down and out of town. He'll try to destroy confidence in the members of the church. He'll try to break up families and homes. Not only that, but Satan can bring storms in your life and he'll make you think that you're nothing and you never will have been nothing. That's what the enemy can do. But I just come by and I stop by this morning to let you know, to let you know like Jesus told Peter, hey, Peter, you may think your life is upset, but upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. Can I stop by and tell you, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know the, 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 the stuff that you're, that you're walking through. I don't know the mistakes. I don't know how the enemy has spoken your life. But I'll tell you, God sees greatness in you. Amen. God sees greatness in you. And choose to stand on that rock. Amen. Choose to stand firm on that rock. We've got to keep Jesus as our leader in our homes. We've got to keep Jesus as leader in our life. We've got to keep Jesus as leader in this church today. Amen. Give him praise. We've got to keep him number one. If you don't believe me, just, la- just ask Aaron. When Miriam was given leprosy for complaining about who Moses married... Aaron prayed to God and asked God to heal him, but nothing happened until Moses prayed. You remember that? Just ask David. He knows what it is to, to be in the storm. When the women were singing about the song, Saul has slain a thousand, but David has killed his 10,000. Saul became jealous and was determined to kill David. Just when we think we've we weathered the storm, we think things seem to be going our way, here comes the storm that was least expected. As soon as you begin to set sail, the text says there rose up a temptuous wind called Eurocliton. They were tossed to and fro. They were tossed from side to side. I know what it's like to be in a storm you know what it's like to be in the storm and sometimes we've just got too much baggage that holds us down friends we need to break free from those things that holds us back from really experiencing the fullness of almighty god we got to let go of church we got to let go of there's some things in our life right now today that we need to let go of in order for god to minister and strengthen us today the bible says on that third day Third day, they begin to throw things overboard. They begin to throw the baggage overboard. The essentials that you might thought was necessary all of a sudden became a, a major stumbling block to you. 
A major stumbling block. The text says after many days they could no longer they could no longer see the sun. They didn't know what was going on. All the stars, all those things they could they could see, hear, and feel. All, all those it was just it was just the storm. That's all that I've heard. That's all that I've seen. That's all that I've experienced these many many days. And finally, after that, a word came from the Lord. Hallelujah. Paul said, "I told you not to leave. I told you to listen to me. You should have listened to me. You should have listened, but you didn't." Nevertheless, boy, I love that word. How about you? Nevertheless, be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of, man, of any man's life among you except the ship. Some of you remember this little story about Sir Winston Churchill, who spent three years in the eighth grade, and after he became successful and popular, he was invited to be the, be the commencement speaker at, at, at Oxford University. And he stood up, and he looked at that audience for a minute, and he just blurted out, never give up. Never give up. He paused for a few minutes and he said he repeated those same words. Never give up. And he said that two or three times. And history says he got his he got his coat, got his candy, and walked off stage. Never give up. In today's world, we see people giving up and jumping ship all of the time. Whether it's the chief of police or the principals at school and politicians, whatever the case may be. You can put all kind of names in there. They're forced to leave because of, of maybe indiscretion. It's because it's easier to give up in the midst of trials. It's easier to give up in the midst of the storm. I want to tell you, you better stay in the ship. Stay on board. Stay in the boat. Stop by to tell you to stay in the boat just a little longer. The storm will pass over after a while. Amen. The storm is going to pass over. The scripture says weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. I don't know what you're going through. Weeping may be endured just for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Hallelujah. Job said man was born of a woman, has few days, and is full of trouble. And he says, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. We've talked about the fact that, that storms is going to come. We've talked about the fact that there is safety in the ship. But I want to finish up with this point right here. I want to talk about, about, about those being on board, how they were saved. In verse 31, Paul tells the, tells the centurion and the soldiers, unless these guys stay in the ship, unless they stay in the ship, they cannot be saved. I just came by to tell somebody, you better stay in the ship. You may be feeling like you're ready to jump ship. You may be feeling like you're ready to bail. You may be feeling like I'm ready to get out and throw my hands up. Uh-uh, don't do that. Look with me, verse 39. Verse 39 of Acts 27, the Bible says, When it was day, they did not recognize the land, but they observed a bay with a beach onto which they planned to run the ship if possible. And they let go the anchors. Boy, there's a lot of preaching right there. And left them in the sea. Meanwhile, loosening the rudder ropes, they, they hoisted a mainsail to the wind and made for shore. But striking a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground. And the prow stuck fast and remained unmovable, but the stern was being broken up by the violent force of the waves. The soldiers' plan was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim away and escape. But the centurion, wanting to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that those who could swim should jump overboard first and get to land. Look at, look at verse number 44. And the rest, some on boards, and some on parts of the ship. And so it was that, that after they escaped safely to land. Can I tell you this morning? Listen to me. If you didn't hear nothing else all morning long, but listen to this. God can save you on broken pieces if he has to. 
He can save you on broken pieces if he has to. Now, I, I just got a couple of boards here. I, wanna, I just want to give, give an example this morning. This is two by fours. About four foot long. I don't know what the ship was made of that day. It was some, some kind of wood. I don't know if it was two by fours, but it was some kind of wood. But I want to tell you something. The Bible said that, that they were in, in the middle of that storm for 14 days. They couldn't see the sun. They couldn't see the stars. They couldn't see anything. All they could feel was the storm. How many has ever been there before? Day after day after day after day, all you felt was the storm that the enemy was bringing in your life. But I've got some exciting news for you. Paul said, stay on board. Stay in the ship. If everybody stays in the ship, we're all going to be saved. The ship ain't going to be saved, but you're going to be saved. Hello? Who's running your vessel today? Who's in charge of your vessel today? Hallelujah. Who's the captain of your vessel today? Are you listening to the naysayers? Are you listening to the enemy? Are you listening to those that says you ain't going to make it? You better bail out. You better get outside. You better go do something else. Paul is telling us, stay in the boat. And the Bible said in verse 44, he said, I want you to jump over and swim towards shore. The the ship was being all, all broken up. So you can imagine there's pieces there. There's boards that, that some of them got to said, some escaped the safety to the land on the boards. That's a good thing. That's a good thing to preach, but that's not what I'm excited about. What I'm excited about is that the broken pieces, hallelujah. Y'all ain't hearing me today. The broken pieces. Sister Sue, there's been times in my life where I didn't feel whole. There's been times in my life I didn't feel complete. There's been moments in my life I felt like it was just brokenness and just broken pieces that was, that was just uh, uh, floating along. But God said, if I just get a hold of a broken piece, I'll take care of you. If I just get a hold of a broken piece, I'm going to take care of you. I don't care what your life is made up of. I don't care the things that you've been going through. Listen to me, church. God said I can take care of you if you'll just hold on to me. If you'll just trust in the one who guides. The ship may go down, but you can still make it on broken pieces. Give him praise today. God said heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never fail. God's word is true. God God's word is sure. God's word is safe. You may not be able to sing like the angels. You may not be able to preach like Paul, but you can grab hold of a broken piece. You can grab hold of God's word. Psalms 40 said, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought us up also out of a horrible pit and out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon a solid rock. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but my feet's been a little slippery every now and then, and I need somebody to come and pick me up and set my feet on a solid rock. In Psalms 37, the Bible says, fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious because against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass, and with that as the green herb. Psalms 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. He's going to take me, he's going to go through that valley of the shadow of death. Psalms 27 says, for in the time of trouble, he will hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. Psalms 46 says, God is our refuge. God is our strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. Psalms 91 says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Can I tell you this morning, church, God's got your back today. Just pick up a broken piece of whoever you may be and just get to land and get to land safely. He'll take you there. Amen.
Hallelujah. Give him praise. He'll take you there. Hallelujah. All the musicians, if they will, come. I don't know about you, but I can visualize Paul on that boat. He's talking to these guys. He said, look, 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 guys. He said, don't, don't jump ship. You've been in the storm for 14 days. And I know it's long. I know it's hard. And I know that some of you feel like jumping and bailing. Especially when they started measuring the depth of the sea. 20 fathoms, 15 fathoms, 10 fathoms. So, boy, land's getting close. I'm, I'm getting off this ship. Their life was in danger, Brother Rains. No doubt they were scared. No doubt they panicked. No doubt they had all kinds of things that went on in their mind. Paul said, uh, don't, don't jump. He said, you ain't ate nothing for 14 days. He said, I want you to eat. Think of this from a spiritual standpoint. I want you to eat. I want you to nourish yourself because it's going to take care of you. Hmm. Some of us, hear me, some of us, we've got so depleted in our nourishment from Christ, we don't have any strength anymore. What are you talking about, Pastor? We don't get into the Word like we used to. We don't pray like we used to. We don't come to church like we used to. We don't do those things that gives, gives us the strength to make it day by day. Paul said, I want you to eat. I want you to strengthen yourself. You, we all know food gives you strength, right? Some of you that just got off this 21-day fast, you know what I'm talking about. You went for several days. Some of you went for several days and not ate, not ate anything. You're a weak in body. You're weak in body. Why do you think the enemy came to Jesus on the last part of his fast to tempt him? Do you think that was just coincidental? No. The enemy knew he was going to be weak on that 40th day. That 39th day, he was going to be weak. Had had nothing. Hey, Lord, throw yourself off this cliff. Make these stones into bread. You can do that. Begin to tempt Jesus. What coincidental? He'd done that on purpose, and the, and the enemy does that to you and I as well. And Paul tried to tell these guys, I want you to strengthen yourself. And I'm telling you today, church, sometimes from a spiritual standpoint, we've got to strengthen ourselves in the Word of God. We've got to get the Word in our life, the Word in our heart. We've got to get the Word and hide those things that, that strength will come every day. Paul says, don't jump ship. Stay on board, but strengthen yourself and he finally got to the place. He said, okay, some of you, I want you to jump overboard. I want you to swim towards shore. He felt like it was close enough. And the Bible said on some on boards, they got there. Some just grabbed it. It may not have been much, but I'm going to grab this board, and it's going to take me, Sister Lawson, to shore. It's going to help me stay afloat because my strength is all used up. I've been fighting this storm for the last 14 or so days. been fighting it. I don't have any strength. I've got to have some help to get me. On shore, some on boards, but they were some. The only thing they could find was broken pieces. Hallelujah. And the brokenness of that ship got them safely to shore. Now, you may not see it like I do, and maybe you think, well, Pastor, that's just sort of weird how you look at it, but I want to tell you something. Uh-uh. Sister Nett, there's times I know I've, I've, I've talked to people that were broken. They didn't feel like they had anything. Just a broken piece. I'm going to tell you, God can take your nothingness, hallelujah, and make something out of it. God can take what you feel like is nothing if you'll just listen to him, if you'll just stay on board, if you'll just follow his plan. 
that he's got for your life. He, 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 he can take the brokenness of your life and he can put it back together. Right? He can put it back together. I want all his bowed and eyes closed real quick. I want to ask you something today very quickly. If the Lord would come back today. Say, Pastor, you sort of ask this every, every Sunday. You're right, I do. Because it could be today. And I want to give you every opportunity, every opportunity to get right if Jesus should come. Are you ready to go? If you're here today to say, Pastor, I feel like just like you're talking about, I, I'm a life that's broken. Because of things maybe that has taken place in my life, I just feel broken today. And I, I need to hear an encouragement that God can take it and he can use it and he can set me free. That I'm talking to you because God can. If that's you, I want you to get up. I want you to come down to this altar. We want to take time to pray with you today. If you're lost in the house today, we want to take time to pray with you. We don't, I, I, I don't want you to leave today like you came. I want you to leave different in the name of Jesus today. Because he's here to meet your need today. How is your life today? How is the wholeness of your life today? Who's in charge of your ship today? Is it you or is it Jesus? Because if it's you, you're going to be just like those guys. I'm not going to listen to the man of God. I'm not going to listen to the anointed. I'm not going to listen to the word of God. I'm going to, I'm going to go and I'm going to set sail when that cool, soft, gentle breeze blows my way. We're setting sail. We get out there and we, we don't know what to do. That big, strong, hurricane-like force of the enemy comes and just knocks us off our feet. I'm telling you this morning, God is here to meet your need today. With all heads bowed and eyes closed, Father, I ask you right now to touch every heart, touch every life today in Jesus' name. I don't know the conditions of every soul today, God, but you do. I don't know what everybody's going through today, but Lord, you do. You do. And I ask you, Father, I ask you that you would meet their need today. Touch them. Strengthen them today. Encourage them to come today in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. With all heads bowed and eyes closed, very quickly, if you say, Pastor... I need prayer today. I need God to take my brokenness and mend me back together. I need God to save me and set me free. Would you just lift up your hand and put it right back down all over the house, balcony on this main floor. I just need God to set me free today. I want to I live a life of wholeness with Him, not where I need to be with God. My life is in shambles today. My family's in shambles today. I need the Lord to touch and direct my life today in Jesus name in Jesus name I want Sister Michelle to sing this chorus one or two times real quick before we pray before we go I want to ask you to stand and I just want you to begin just to just continue to pray and ask God to touch lives that's making decisions today in Jesus name go ahead Sister Michelle hallelujah hallelujah Thank you, blessed Lord. Thank you, blessed Jesus. You are light. You are love. You bring light to the dark.
If you need to come, I want you to come. We will meet you this morning down at this altar and pray with you. I want you to come. In our lives, so we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise at your rest. In our lives, so we pour out our praise to you only.